one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan and I'll be your GM. Thanks for joining us today. And as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. As a continued note, this is the last episode from the session that we had a chance to record in person. So once again, some great content and quality, but it might sound slightly different. Thanks again for your understanding. Sirden's Pass is proving a good but difficult traveling choice. It seems there's always something waiting for them around the next bend. Thankfully, they have each other to make sure that everyone comes out on the other side. Natural disasters are survived, fellow travelers are met, and long overdue backstories are shared. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory complete the rest of Sirden's Pass. I did look it up. Our first session ever, session one, was July 11th, 2019. Oh my God. So wow. like exactly. Almost three years yeah, to the date. Just Our second session was later that week on the 18th. Like we did two right oh, in a row. Yeah. So this is literally like the week of our beginning. And those were the sessions where you played the NPCs. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, oh, was, wow. that was Origin Quest. Yeah. 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 So it is a nice little marker here for yeah. us to actually yeah. three years. Yeah. So it is the 17th as we are recording. And actually tomorrow on the 18th, on the three-year anniversary of that second recording, we are recording the first episode of the next season of Another Path. That's right. Um, Path. Very excited. Oath. Or Outrider. Oath? Oath or Outrider. Okay. Have, I like Outrider. Out, yes. I mean, Outrider is like they, they they are members of the Viridian Outriders. Yes, yes, yes. But I also initially envisioned the whole thing as being much more like they have taken the oath to be a part of this organization. Sure. I'm going to point out that we tend to like one word season titles here yeah. on Ghostlight Media. Oh, okay. we do. <laughs> right. But that's Not that it's any hard and fast rule. I just think <laughs> Chase and I are on very similar. We are. I'm just going to point out Bit Bit's Big Adventure. Yeah. Look, every season has an unofficial title. After dealing with the violent gas, is what I'm going to call it, and the creatures that you had to dispatch because of it, you take a couple days and it is easy going after that. The pass is still dangerous and you still have to make sure that you are not running into anything particularly dangerous, kind of watching your back and making sure that there isn't anything following you. Thankfully, you are able to stay on your toes for the next handful of days. About seven days through the pass, you hear a low roar in the distance. Probably an animal of some sort, but much too far away to be any danger to you. But as this roar continues, 
you hear a rumble follow it. And as you look up from the snowy mountain peaks above, you see an avalanche. Nope. And partial rock slide as well as snow and rocks and rubble start falling towards you. I need everybody to make me a level six speed check. Not speed defense, just speed check to try and get out of the path. I'm gonna spend for some effort there. Cool. Could I use either sensing danger or navigation? Sensing danger, absolutely. Or initiative, even. Uh, I'll give you sensing danger because you probably heard it a hair ahead of everyone or you were able to sense the vibration in the ground, something like that. You know what else I'm going to do is I'm going to spend for impressive display. Okay. And give myself an asset going forward for the next minute. Perfect. I'm going to keep my flex skills acrobatics. All right. Can I use that? Yeah, absolutely. I fail with a nine. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. This is bad all around. This is bad all around. With a six and Bridget with a nat one. GM intrusion failure. Okay. Actually, don't let that happen. You're going to let it happen? I I could use late inspiration, but I want to see what this does. Okay. Okay. The first thing that happens is each of you takes six either might or speed damage. Mm -hmm. I will let you choose. Does armor affect something like this? I will let armor apply to this, yes. If it were something more ambient, like heat or electricity, it wouldn't. But because it's kind of like crushing, I would allow it. That big chunks of snow and rubble start to pile down on top of you. Jory and Nehemiah, it hurts like heck. But you're able to kind of keep on top of it in a way and keep just ahead of it to stay on top of everything. But Smallrin is completely buried. As that dream intrusion, you are just gone in a moment. And obviously still living and breathing and hurt from the pressure and bludgeoning of all of that. But as the two of you look around, as things start to settle down, Smallrin is nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. Brex is also in the same position the two of you are. Okay. Are the Anines okay? Are we leading them or are we Yeah, we we have livestock with us. You do. I'm going to have each of you make just a straight speed check. Don't add anything to it to see how your Anines did. Okay. Fail. Fail with a pull. Okay. Ooh. Fail with a 16. <laughs> Failure with a 15. Wow. Yeah, the anines Oof. are not doing well. Oof. Uh, yeah, the anines are also, at this point, injured. They are large enough that they can kind of stay, again, on top of things, because these they're, like, really tall. They have weird spindly legs and, yeah. like, strangely bulbous bodies. So they're able to keep from being buried, but they are also in rough shape now, being... Having a rough idea of where Small Ren kind of got buried, Yep. Nehemiah is going to hop in and start digging. And if he can find her, he is going to slap the phase changer into her hand. Very good. Okay. You knew where she was because you all had a pretty good idea of where everyone was located. But digging through snow does take a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You can, if you were to take your time with it, I would not make you roll. But if you're trying to do this quickly to make sure that she doesn't incur further damage. Yep. I'm going to say that this is a level three speed check for doing it quickly and accurately. I will maintain my asset from Impressive Decision. Play. Absolutely. I'm also going to say that Smallrin, unable to get out of the way, did get like hand over mouth. Oh, sure. Hand up. Can I claim trained with perception? Yes. 
unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> you took that down to a difficulty one. Three or better was your roll, and you rolled a three. Amazing. Yes. Beautiful. You take your sword spear, kind of like start chipping away at the ice and snow, and Smolren did kind of like get her hand up, and you find like the tips of her fingers there, claw away a little bit, little bit at it, and... All right, this is going to get kind of weird for a second. <laughs> I close your hand over this looks like a little grenade thing, and your whole body just goes all tingly. And you, for the first time, experience what Jory does on a regular basis, and you go out of phase. Cool. So basically, she's like in this weird kind of contorted position. There's like a rock pressing into her stomach. And then all of a sudden, she's able to just kind of straighten herself out. And and it doesn't, like, there's no pressure anymore. And so she just kind of, like, swims up out (laughs) of the snow. Yeah. It's kind of slow going. You can press yourself through solid objects at a slow but steady pace. Mm -hmm. And eventually you kind of pop out the other side. Wriggles her way up through the snow and does, like, a little hop. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of test the boundaries of this. Because, yeah, she's never, never done this before. And this is very, this is kind of interesting and cool. Chase, how long does that last? One minute. Okay. Okay. So long enough for you to get out and kind of like feel it around a little bit, but not long enough to do much else with it. Hmm. You all right? (laughs) I wish we had more of these. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll be honest. I was kind of, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I do appreciate you using it for this purpose. Of course. It's what it's for. My instinct was to small run right away, but as soon as I see that you're fine, I do have environmental adaptation, yeah, which allows me to make this easygoing. So I'm going to start to unbury the elite. I'm going to start to find anything with us of supplies, you know, bing pong around, use navigation, just start doggy digging yeah. anything out. That yeah, absolutely. You can start kind of pulling a neen out and supplies and kind of putting your caravan back together. As you're digging through, it looks like along with bits and pieces of the mountain and the, and the snow that started tumbling down, it also might have taken out part of some sort of structure. You find remains and bits of metal and synth and stuff in here as well. You also find two ciphers and an oddity. Ooh. They're all a little bit strange, though. <laughs> oddity? <laughs> Again, we can roll or draw for the ciphers. I will have you roll for the oddity, and there's something weird about each one of these. Which would you like to do? Roll or draw? Okay, go ahead and roll a d100. 21. 21. You find a displacement cloak. This is a cloak that when you wear it, you disappear and an image of you appears somewhere else within immediate range. It's a perfect copy of you, mimics your physical movements and actions, and allows you to, in combat, you can reduce the difficulty of speed defense rolls. Oh. And when you go to pick it up, it smells heavily of lilac. You know, I think I'm going to exchange my no paint for that. I, I okay. All right. I'm going to take the opportunity to use my rejuvenator. Yeah. And then I'll take that no paint off your hands because it sounds useful. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and roll D100 again. Yeah. 40. 40. You find a butterfly drone, fingertip-sized winged insect that is a voice-controlled cyberbug that can travel in a designated direction and record sounds and images. Oh, that sounds so useful. We just we just found a buddy for bit bit. Yeah. <laughs> buddy for bit bit. Bite bite. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> As you pick this up though, oddly enough, only when you're holding it, it improves your vision. You set it down, it like goes back to normal, we pick it back up, everything is crystal clear. And that was how Jory found out she needs glasses. Oops. <laughs> 
Does anybody want a displacement cloak? <laughs> At this point, Smaller and Nehemiah have come up. Those are the two ciphers, but there are a handful of oddities here as well. There is an unbreakable glass pyramid filled with ice or maybe snow, also powerfully magnetic. Hmm. Honestly, a magnetic unbreakable glass pyramid sounds like something Smallin would keep unless someone else yeah. wants it. No, that, that sounds like a great way to like break something in the future. Or uses a whiskey stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it cold? Nope. It looks like it's filled with ice, but it is not cold. There is a glove that if you put it on, it makes your voice high and squeaky, like on helium. (laughs) (laughs) And every once in a while, when you have this on, like through the fingertips, it just leaks some sort of weird inky black fluid. (laughs) Why do I want to give that to Brex? (laughs) Brex doesn't have a voice. Yeah, that's why it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, no. Does it change the color of Brex's visor to pastel shape? It does not, but that's very funny. It's the same kind of spectrum. It's just all very light. And lastly, there is a porous stone that has a fresh smell and can be used like soap, but it also makes whatever it touches bright green for 30 seconds. I think Nehemiah would take the stone. <laughs> Cool. I just, I'm picturing it as if it were a bar of Irish spring. Absolutely. 100%. All right. So if anyone wants those, feel free to take them. The displacement cloak. Yes. I'm, I don't think I've ever gone over my cipher limit, so let's look dangerously. Cool. Because <laughs> that also sounds like something we should have with us. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to say, because I could also take that. I've got the space. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless you want to live dangerously. Live with let's, bliss. Let's live dangerously. Let's let's do the thing. Having we're definitely the one that would use it. Right. Like having the ability to displace my physical form and get an asset on speed defense. Mm. It's true. All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to roll a D100 and then add the number of ciphers over your limit that you are. So right now it's just one yeah. to my knowledge. So yes. D100 plus one. All right. 86. It's very high. (laughs) Ah, Okay. Uh, It doesn't get quite so interesting. You start feeling just a little bit off, Mm -hmm. just really not on your game. For the next day, subtract one from all your rolls. Ooh, okay. It's just a little bit too much. Maybe it's the energy, maybe it's the displacement, maybe it's the interaction between these things, but something has just got you a hair off kilter. Mm -hmm. All right. As you all take a moment to recollect yourselves and rest as you deal with the avalanche. You look up and along the top of the southern part of the pass where you are, as the sun starts to go down, you see the Titanic Ridge, which is visible from quite far away, though not quite as far away as Legam. You see a series of metal towers that run the length of this sheer cliffside very high up along the peak of this part of the mountain. And these towers have blinking red and blue lights. There are rumors that say if you are to scale the cliffs and try to get up to the towers that they're associated with some sort of interdimensional gate, but no one's been able to prove it. Let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. I've rolled those dice before. (laughs) Y'all didn't Ooh. go to the meat space. I was going to say, oh, you yeah, might be able true. to get back to the meat place. You don't need to go back to the meat place. <laughs> I've been there. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how many crises of faith we can collect. Got to catch them all. 
How many different belief systems can we cause to come crashing down? Look, I've got one belief in that Bits place ain't me. <laughs> That's very fair. Something I just realized that I did not ask. Jory, do you have blue with you? I was actually thinking that before and I, I totally forgot to ask as well. How addicted is blue to me still? You are the one with the control remote. I feel like I probably would have been someone else the remote. Okay, maybe Rufus. Just sure. to see. We'll say that you like tested it out a little bit and Blue eventually took a liking to Rufus, especially given Bot Bot. That's fine. I like the picture of, in my head of Bot Bot like helping Blue become more of like a responsive pet <laughs> than yeah. a tragically <laughs> I like to imagine that Bot Bot got the remote. Actually, Rufus like absentmindedly put it down and Bot Bot picked it up like it does with all of Rufus's things and stored it for them. And Rufus never realized because Bot Bot's always right there. So Blue was always right there. <laughs> but it is actually Bot Bot. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Perfect. Our screen transitions. Yes. For the TV show. Star It's just a little bit of them running around doing something. Oh my god. Oh my god. I like I like to think that this also somehow plays into the Stardew Valley of it all with Molly's journey into a softer, cozier life. Yep. <laughs> Good. Little farther in, you are nearly to the end of the pass and you figure another day maybe two depending on how things go until you come out the other side of the black riage mountains and midday or so you hear yelling down the pass voices human voices yelling out in effort probably fighting something calling out to each other grunts of exertion and definitely the sound of weapons hitting something. Mm. How do you proceed? I'm going to suggest that I scout ahead and see what's going on. That sounds good. I can join you, unless that's not scout worthy. It might not be, I'll stay behind. I think I'll go faster alone. It's not far ahead before you see two travelers fighting a small pack of not small animals. <laughs> Ice weavers. Oh, oh, oh. These are kind of insectoid looking creatures with like chitinous plates uh, across his back. Six pairs of legs. I'm sorry. One, two, three, four. I think five pairs of legs, actually. So 10 total. And a row of nasty looking sharp teeth. These things are large. They're about 12 feet long. Ooh. And there are four of them. And there are these two travelers who are fighting against them. There's one that looks almost as though they are covered in ice. Like they had just come out of long-term frozen storage, mm -hmm. essentially. This person is very large, broad-shouldered and trying to make very deliberate attacks against these things. The other one is nearly exactly the opposite. She instead is wreathed in flame, trying to work against these things and is working in very evasive maneuvers moving around. And following her around um, is a small creature. It's about the size of a small dog. You see, it looks very much like an armadillo, but has two little antennae at the top and has painted stripes and dots on it. It's got war paint. It does literally have <laughs> war paint. Following around the person who is on fire. Mm -hmm. And they are trying very hard to dispatch of these creatures, these large insectoid creatures that 
seem to be moving around and everywhere they go, leaving trails of ice and frost behind them as though they're sliding along it and using it as a method for transportation. They're not doing very well. Gotcha. They're holding their own, but not getting rid of them fast enough. <sighs> Smallrin heaves a very small sigh because she knows as soon as she describes the scene, the others are going to want to help. <laughs> You're not wrong. And she's, right. she's very much kind of like, they let them deal with it. And if they don't deal with it, then we'll deal with it. But do we have to deal with it? And she knows the others are going to say yes. And, <sighs> it's fine. She goes back and reports the scene, throwing her two sins in that I think we can leave them to it. They are strangers and we have business to attend to, but I understand this is a good decision. Our business is on the other side of them, and besides, they'll be easier to take out with the two of them still helping. And I suppose they might prove useful. All right, fine. If you're looking for Jory's opinion, she's already gone. <laughs> I was going to say, the minute she described a small armadillo-like creature, she knew Jory was just going to be yeah. moving in that direction. <laughs> Nehemiah saddles up on his Anine and, like, kips up and is going to cavalier charge into battle. Very good. I'm, once again, not going to make this a full-on combat. Mm -hmm. So instead, I would like, again, to kind of have a descriptive episode mm -hmm. with this. As you arrive, as you approach, the larger frost-covered individual yells out and says, Travelers, would you help us with these ice weavers? On it. Yeah. yeah. Charges in, and I'm going to say he, for his part, just dispatch one by like charging it and just rushing it off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. You push it. Toss it into the, into the void. You toss it straight off the edge of a cliff farther down into uh. the canyon. And as it does so, you see these narrow spikes of ice kind of like shooting off of it as it goes trying to create a path to climb along just without any avail. Smallrin or Jory, what do you do coming up? Smallrin is unwilling to get into close physical combat at the current time. So she's just going to hang out on the back of her anine and throw daggers and try to wait until one is facing her and try to throw a dagger right into its mouth because <laughs> that seems like the least armored spot on them. Sure. I will say between you and the woman that is on fire, you're able to take one out between you kind of distracting it by throwing it and getting a couple really good ones like square its head or right into its mouth. And then the fire working against the ice that these creatures are creating to move around, melting out from underneath of them. And it screeches and is dispatched. Jory. Here's my plan and I'm going to announce this. Not this plan, but I have a new plan. <laughs> I would like, do I see a rock? You are literally in a canyon. There are rocks everywhere. Fine. I would like to grab, as I run, the most jagged rock I can, and I'm going to run toward one of these weavers. And I'm going to phase and continue to run and, until I'm in it. Let the rock go as I'm passing through it, and then phase back in as I'm past it. Okay. So it just has a rock in it now. <laughs> See what that does. All right. Internal rock. Internal rock. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, that, 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 maybe, that, maybe that I, I'm here for it. Uh, just remember to spend the points to phase. Yes. And then where do you put it? In, in its head? In its abdomen? She's afraid of just how dark this could be. So maybe not head, but maybe throat. You phase and run up with this rock, phase back in to your physical form after being on the other side of the ice weaver, and you just hear it choke, like gurgle, choking squelch as it falls over, not able to breathe. 
I don't think I like that. <laughs> Somebody kill it. It, it died. It you killed it. Oh, no. You killed it, Joy. She's having a little bit of a crisis. For killing something that was trying to kill you? I mean, there is that, but that was a bit horrible. Listening to anything choked it is a bit traumatic. Yeah, all right. The last one, Brex runs up to it, and Brex brings their maul down, like, on its midsection, kind of, like, pinning it down for a moment. And then, using a forearm blade, the ice person comes up and just, like, slices across the back of its neck and it falls over. With all four of the ice sweepers now taken care of. The icy person, <laughs> for lack of a better word, retracts their forearm blade and stands up and says, well, thank you very much. You did not have to do that, but I will say we are incredibly thankful. You okay? Uh, yeah, we are now. Yeah, yeah, we are. My name's Joel, by the way. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Nehemiah, Brex, Smallrin, Jory. Nice to meet all of you. Uh, that's Jocelyn, and Jocelyn is now less on fire. Um, and <laughs> not, not on fire? Not on fire. Okay. And she is leaning down to scritch behind the ears of the small armadillo-like mm-hmm. companion that she has. Yes, <laughs> thank you. That could have gone very poorly. We haven't seen a whole lot of people along the pass. Apparently this is a dangerous time of year to be traveling. <laughs> uh, we're getting right into winter. So we're told. Do you think these were uncovered by the avalanche? Uh, they very well could be. I don't I don't know too much about them, to be honest. I haven't uh, run into that sort of thing before. Joel has, but uh, I haven't. Were you traveling this way or the way we're headed? The opposite way from you, I believe. Mm. We are uh, making a bit of a somber journey. Sorry to hear mm. that. Oh, that's okay. We've had our time to figure things out. We have a friend who, in our most recent delve, didn't make it out, and we are returning their remains to their homeland. Oh, Where are they from? They're actually from a place within the Ba Denu Forest. Oh, what was the name? She stops for a moment trying to remember it, as I also try to remember. <laughs> Y'all chimes in. Fremen is, mm. uh, is where they were from. One of the bigger cities. Very religious is my understanding, but... Mm. Best of luck, then. Well, thank you. Hopefully, uh, in the case that we're bringing back someone who was from there, that it won't be too bad. Mm. Well, um... Just be careful. There was a big uh, crystal-eating thing. I think it's farther north. Crystal-eating thing. Like it's um, a tall thing. It looks like a lizard fish. Just so be careful. Cheers, scar. Oh, that one, yes. Yes, I, I am aware of those. I've run into those a couple of times. Also, probably about, well, maybe 10 days back or so, there's some kind of gas leak going on. Drives things a little... Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I would honestly, if I were you, as soon as you get out of the pass, cut south a little bit. It'll put you a little out of your way, but I think there's another city just further south there that you can reorient, get yourself on your way. Good call. Thanks. Oh, and if you uh, see a gentleman who's tied up and naked with some brambles in his um, behind, just go ahead and give him a seat for us, would you? We didn't leave him naked. I was thinking. That sounds oddly specific. It is. <laughs> it is. Actually, it's banditry. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense that uh, you would uh, tie up bandits. Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. They are They are not bandits. I'll give you that much. She's just anxious. Wacky. Well, um, I wish we could give you uh, the same amount of uh, help and uh, tips that you were able to give us about uh, the travel that you're about to go, but you're about to actually exit out the pass. Uh, where where are you headed? 
Sirithal. Sirithal. Oh, I, actually, then we could probably help you. That's where we've been coming from. Well, a little more specifically, we were delving down in the Voil Chasm. Oh, okay. Ah. They are just south of there. Yeah. And only one of your compatriots didn't make it out? My congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we're usually pretty careful. Unfortunately, a, uh, a disassembler showed up and destroyed all of our climbing equipment. Ugh. Oh. It was tense, <laughs> to say the least. But the city itself is stretched across both the edge of that canyon, but there's plenty down there that hasn't been explored yet. <laughs> it pays well to jump down in there and, and see what you can find, and we were trying our best to do so. What time is it? Afternoon. You know, we could do for an early day. Want to just set up camp here? Swap some stories overnight? Safer together. Jocelyn looks over to Jal and does the shrug, what do you think? And they say, yeah, sure, I think that would be just fine. We're not in a particular rush necessarily, and nothing time sensitive here. Or... <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> well, it's just the reality of the situation. So you all set up an early camp, and you learn that Jal is a right. Mm-hmm. specifically interested in tinkering with ciphers specifically. Sure. Taking them apart, putting them back together, trying to improve upon them, perfecting them in whatever they were originally meant to do and, and making that all the more better. Jocelyn is a jack mm-hmm. who seems to just be on edge okay. all the time. What is the little one's name? The little one's... No. Fudge, I didn't name it. <laughs> hold, hold on, excuse me. Move, I know. I know. No, you're right. <laughs> you learned that this little armadillo creature is a trucalon, and it's named Barley. Oh. This is Jocelyn's companion. Started off as like a childhood pet, and kind of just grew along to follow her wherever she went. Jocelyn, in terms of character stuff, bears a halo of fire. There it is. <laughs> is often wreathed in flame. And Jal wears a sheen of ice. Oh, interesting. And they tell you a story about how the two of them and their third companion ended up in a ruin at one point that was very elemental based. And they ended up with these powers based on a couple of things that went wrong, but maybe right in the moment. Mm-hmm. Their friend had a connection with water. Are there any questions or things you would like to ask? They are coming from the city that you are going to. Is there anything we should be aware of? Any strange political climate? Yes. What is the governor doing these days? Well, being just as ruthless as always, there's actually been a really high uptick in Numenera theft recently in the city. And prices are going up because of that, too. So, of course, her guards are cracking down more than ever. Justice and mercy. Smallrin, have you told anyone that you know anything about this? Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, no, that... That catches the Pharaoh eyes from Diamaya. Suspiciously specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been years since I was even in that neck of the woods, even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the political climate, uh, there is a governor. Um, her name is Marzek, and um, she's kind of ruthless. Uh, she cracks down on people as she sees fit and is the opposite of impartial. Disturbing, but good to know ahead of time. Basically, whatever tickles her fancy in the moment is what ends up becoming the law of the land. Hmm. Any good places to go? A good um, place to drink? Um, place to get a roof over our head while we get our bearings in the city? Place to introduce some strange new kind of beverage? <laughs> <laughs> beverage or dessert? Well, <gasps> Ben Bain but flavored ben. gelato. Ben Bain oh gelato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
reminds me of uh, the Earl Grey ice cream. Yeah. It was very good. So what I'm imagining in this moment is the minute that Ben Bain flavored gelato leaves Smallrin's mouth, Bit Bit like flies up from its docking station on your shoulder and all of a sudden projects like a little basically square with a recipe. Yep. Not quite Ben. It's like Ben Bain and other things like lemon Ben Bain gelato. (laughs) The combination is endless. Uh, If you're looking for a good uh, drink, I would go to the Odd Crew. It's a bar. There's a lot of our kind of people that go there. If you're looking for a little bit of a job, too, there's usually postings or people who are looking for uh, people to go into ruins. Not quite mercenary work, but more like scavenger or or explorer kind of work. Honestly, that would be such a nice break. (laughs) If you're looking for a good place to stay, I would check out the Endless Voile. Uh, It's like right on the edge of the canyon, right on the edge of that chasm. Pricey as heck, but the best beds in town. Okay. Might be nice to treat ourselves for a night. Will we see you again? Are you based? Once you're done with your pilgrimage, will you be back? Uh, We might be, but honestly, it's going to take us a little while to get there and back. And honestly, I'm I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like for us after this. Yeah. You also may not want to be going back through the path so close to winter. I'm assuming it will take you a week or more to settle your friend's affairs. You're absolutely right. I'm not sure we're really going to be back this way until spring starts melting everything. Well, the Bandu Forest doesn't take your fancy. Uh, We actually come from a newer settlement called Lagam. It's further up in the plains, kind of a midpoint between the Beanstalk and Piklach. Good folk there. They'll treat you right. Well, thanks. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. I, that's not a Bartley bad idea. might actually, you know what? No, Bartley might not be a huge fan of that, actually. Because it doesn't, it still have that, like, thing with animals. Oh, yeah. Bartley may not be a huge fan. Never mind. Beanstalk, lovely town. Noted. Uh. <laughs> 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 well, does Joy say that out loud? <laughs> not, not everyone there is in a cult. Not everyone. There's a few people. There's a, there's a few cultish folk. And honestly, we probably broke. We kind of left. We may or may not have orchestrated the downfall of a cult on our way out via interdimensional door. There may, however, be an idol of me somewhere in a closet still. (laughs) It's been a long while since we've been out in the beyond, honestly. So we might poke around there a little bit and and see what's going on. And if we... uh, end up going past your uh, your settlement then uh, we'll see we'll see what's going on there otherwise uh, we need to figure things out I've heard that the uh, the Lambert fields have a lot of good delving so oh yeah I never made it that far south not really what are you all uh, coming through here for it's a long way to go just to visit a city looking for family that's all well that that's very fair it's an important reason to go somewhere they live in stirs all then last we know following up you know how it is of course yeah not a problem uh, it's, uh, it's hard to find people these days sometimes. I've, every city seems to be growing, and the beyond is getting bigger and bigger and more populated by the year. Which is really only partially true, because the, everything is still, in terms of, like, modern day, very underpopulated. Yes. Almost 100,000 out that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the way to two. <laughs> wow. I think after that, we kind of settle in. You take your your nightly rest and camp is broken in the morning before you go jal give you a tip that there has been like some raiders out in the main plains of malovich mm-hmm. and suggests taking a forest path a little bit farther south to get to sturthal sure hug the mountains yeah well uh 
It's nice to uh, share a meal and share a fire with you. Uh, I hope that you make it safe mm. to your destination. <laughs> you Likewise. Absolutely. Gather things. They are on foot, oddly enough. They are not on any sort of animal, and they mm -hmm. start trekking back through the pass. <laughs> And you set off. Within the day, you see the opening to the pass on the other side into the main part of the Steadfast. It's been a while since any of you have seen the Steadfast before. And it is not terribly unlike the Beyond. Still not like there is, you know, a city every mile or anything like that. But there are far more people on roads that you walk by. It is significantly greener here. The rain that happens on the western side of the Black Riash Mountains is much more regular than it is in the beyond. And it feels, even though in the moment, not all that different, there is a distinct shift in the mood as you cross through the pass. Mm -hmm. I will just make a note, since I don't think I've mentioned it, um... There is a strong possibility that if I'm recognized, someone may try to kill me, but I don't want you to worry about it. I mean, non-zero chance. I think that kind of goes for all of us a little bit. True. The thing is, <laughs> I'm from here. Like here, here? Like Sturthal. Okay. Well, you'd think that would have come up by now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was relevant until now. Not relevant. All right. So there may be a higher percentage of people who could potentially recognize me. However, I've been gone for a while, and there have probably been several shifts in power since I left among organizations I worked with. So I'm not necessarily concerned. Mm. No, I'm a bit concerned. <laughs> the good news is... None of the guards actually know what I look like or what my real name is, so... You have a reputation. Well, yes, but no one knows it's me. I'm very good. What do they know you by then if it's not Smolrin? Wait, is that your name? I operated very much on the assumption that anyone who saw me who wasn't supposed to didn't live long enough to tell anyone about it. So most people know me as the ghost. Huh. That seems appropriate. Mm. So if we hear somebody talking about the ghost, we should try not to giggle. Yes, that would probably be best. <laughs> However difficult. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> this is perhaps why I didn't say anything before. I'll be good. <laughs> All you really have to do is, if for some reason, and she looks blankly innocent, which should worry everyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. If for some reason rumors begin to spread that the ghost is back in Sturthal, I need you to not act as if you know who that is. Easy enough. If you just think of it like we've never met the ghost. Small grin, we're not really lying. It's true. Anyway, carry on. There's an awkward silence <laughs> for a little while as you guys continue riding along with your name. Mm-hmm couple days pass. You do pass through a lightly forested area rather than taking the more roundabout way through the open fields outside the city. So when you exit out of that forest, small as it is, you can see the city kind of spread before you. It is up a little higher on a cliffside and not like mountainous, not like mountains behind you, but 
kind of all along the edge of the royal chasm, it is spread out. Not the entire length, but a good portion of it as you exit out that forest. It is honestly massive. There's only a handful of cities in the Steadfast that are bigger than this one. Mm-hmm. Places like Charmond and Kai are pretty much the only places that are larger than gotcha. this. Nearly 100,000 people living here, probably. I haven't seen anything so big in a long time. Same. You remember me mentioning justice and mercy? Uh-huh. It's a bit of an open joke that neither of those things are true of the city guard, mm-hmm. even though it's inscribed on the swords they carry. So no, I, I, I picked up on that with the derisive tone that you said it. <laughs> so we should expect some light harassment? Light harassment, but also if in any way we can avoid notice by the guards. Mm. It is well known that they are as capricious as the governor, which means they are easily bought off. But if we are seen to be strangers with little sway or power here... Again, that's not much of a lie. You don't have, like, family here or anything, do you? Not family per se. But family like we family, like us. (laughs) Family like... I was part of a large criminal organization that continues to function here. I mean, yeah, that makes like <laughs> two of us. I don't know. Actually, I don't know about that second part. I don't know if they're still around here, or if they're around here at all. They were more in the beyond, but still. I did leave under inauspicious circumstances. And as I said, I'm not sure who's currently in charge. So I will be working what connections I have very carefully when we first arrive. Gotcha. We're going to get him in a big fight as soon as we get inside by buildings. Ideally not. We're travelers. Unless we start a fight or someone picks one, I think we can probably get to a place to stay. All right. Okay. As you approach the outer wall of the city, a lot of the outside structure, the wall and the gates, are made from pipes and pieces of structure that look like they have either come up through the ground from the chasm itself or been pulled out and reassembled out here. It has a very high craftsmanship, artistic even, but very clearly not made from scratch. There is a lot of ancient parts protruding from every part of this. And as you look at it, it doesn't look like a city this size should hold that many people until one of you kind of peeks over the edge of the canyon and sees buildings and houses and structures carved into the side of the canyon going down. Oh. Mm-hmm. So the city literally extends into the foil chasm. Yes, yes. And it extends down there. You head up to the gates, and there are guards there, but there is little to do about people coming and going. Basically, you're told as you enter that As long as you follow the rules, you won't be given any trouble. Of course, also knowing that those rules are incredibly subjective. Uh Uh-huh. But you pass through without a problem and get to looking for accommodations and your contact. And that's where we'll end. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to episode 78 of Imprinted Echoes, Anamnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. There you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And in that vein, I'd like to thank Trent, 
Carlin, and Christina for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.